honest and open question. Finding the heart we have lost. You are listening to the This Is Not Church podcast. Here is John and Nat Turney. Like I was, I like it. That's a good word. All right, All right so start over. I'm sorry. Here we are, <laughs> and this is our inaugural <laughs> podcast. And we've already messed up like four or five times. So any laughing you hear is just because we're trying to make this work for you guys. So, uh, um, yes, this is this <laughs> is not church podcast, which I have found is actually hard to say when you say this is the this is not church podcast. So people out there who are thinking about starting a podcast, it's maybe tough, think man. about your name and how it's going to come out and how smooth it's going to sound. So we wanted to start out just by introducing each other. Uh, I'm going to introduce my brother, Nat, and let him say a little bit about himself, and then I'll let him introduce me. So here's my brother, Nat, and he's going to tell you a little bit about his bio. Go for it, dude. Oh, my bio. I have one of those. Uh, as, as my brother said, this is great. We're going to introduce each other. We're just, you know, like, well, you know, I've always wanted to be introduced by my older brother, my severely older brother but no we i am i am nat um short for nathaniel but all my friends call me nat or nate just depends on the mood and how it strikes them but i am so you um, so you, so you a, pastor. a little bit on the nate uh, well you know in the grand scheme of things it's it's not the worst thing somebody could call me so now i only get offended okay. when people that i've known for 20 years call me nate i'm like still really come on man but I get it. Nate rolls off the tongue. Don't do it. It's Nat. Um, my mama called me Nat since I was a child. So guess what? It's good enough for her. It's good enough for me. But um, anyway, so just a quick background on on me. I am, am married um, to my high school sweetheart. We've been married almost 30 years. In fact, it'll be 30 years uh, in May. Isn't that crazy, John? That is 30. crazy. Um, I live in West Texas in a little town called San Angelo. I'm pastor of a newly planted church called the Open Table Fellowship. Um, very small, very new. Um, still trying to get our feet under us as far as that goes, but we've been in operation since September of 2019. Um, and that's kind of my deal. I, I was a, I've, I've spent a good chunk of my life in ministry um, in various positions here and there. I've been um, a worship leader for most of that time. So guitar player, singer, worship pastor. Um, and then just last, you know, like I said, the tail end of 2019, my wife and I decided that we would go ahead and strike out on our own and uh, plant this little fellowship here in San Angelo, Texas. That, um, anyway, we're still making a run at it, making a go of it. COVID kind of took our feet out from under us a little bit and have, has made things um, interesting to say the least. But that's where we are. Our heart, as um, as and I think John would agree with this, our heart is just for people. You know, we just love people, um, want to see people um, set free um, from really the chains of religion and dogma and junk that's been foisted upon us by um, spiritually abusive leaders most of our lives. Um the distillation of the gospel into something other than pure gospel into other things like politics and nationalism and consumerism and garbage. Um, so just trying to reclaim for what it's, you know, for what it's worth and whatever it means to everybody, a more pure approach to the gospel. That's not just, um, not just meeting inside the four walls, but meeting the needs of people outside of those walls as well. So that's, that's me in a nutshell, John. 
This is my brother, John. I introduced you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so my, <laughs> my journey to this place is uh, slightly different than my brother's. Um, I mean, we both were raised in the church. I think we can both say that we have no memory of not being mm -hmm. in the church uh, from the point of birth to uh, for my brother, like he said, for, from that point on. But uh, for me, it was from that point to about the age of 18. Uh, uh, I was, I was, a, I had a lot of questions, let's say when I was younger, so did my brother. Um, and that brought about some interesting conversations with Sunday school teachers, pastors. Uh, I've, I've mentioned this a few times to other people, but I was the kid that his parents got called into the pastor's office and was asked to uh, maybe talk to their son and have him not ask so many questions in Sunday school, because that's not really the time for that. That's really the time just <laughs> yep. for kids to, you know, learn about, learn about the Bible stories and learn, you know, you know, get to do the little pictograph or whatever they call them, where you, you, you build the Noah's Ark and all that. So at an early age, I was kind of stifled and made to feel like questions were bad. So by the time I got to 18, um, I couldn't stomach that they weren't willing to in listen to my questions. And uh, I, I, I think I've said in the past, I left the church. As soon as I turned 18 and became a legal adult, I turned and ran as fast as I could from it. Um, so that's a little bit about that mm -hmm. quick bio. I mean, other than that, I mean, like, like my brother, I've uh, been married for almost uh, 30 years. Uh, July of this year will be my 30 year uh, uh, marriage or anniversary. Um, I have three awesome children, two who no longer live in the house with me and one who still lives here. Uh, I've worked at the same place uh, for 26 years doing the whole management thing within the wholesale environment. I'm sure you guys can figure out who that is. Uh, wholesale sales, hmm. wholesale Sam's club environment. Huh, I wonder what that is. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. We'll, we'll leave that in. Um, so <laughs> I found myself, <laughs> I found myself back in the faith, I guess you could call it about five years ago. Uh, first person I obviously reached out to was my brother with lots of questions. I figured, okay, I'm going to ask questions this time. And one of the questions or one of the statements I think I made to my brother was, okay, uh, I, well, I, I need to find a church now. Right. And, uh, what was you, what was your answer Nat? No, <laughs> I said, no run. Uh, so I, I did, I spent about a year just kind of researching and, and reading and finding, finding fellow, uh, like-minded people, uh, through the help of my brother and, uh, got to find, you know, connections with, uh, some really interesting people online. Uh, some of them we hopefully will be talking to in the near future on this podcast. Um, I did step back into a church, uh, first place I try, you know, I went to, I was fairly quickly brought onto the worship team as a bass player. Uh, that's kind of my background. Did that for a while, um, was asked by a, a friend of mine to, come and lead worship at his church. And uh, I told him I would come and help. I wasn't planning on coming and doing it. Uh, after about two weeks of that, though, he invited me on as a, as a permanent 
worship pastor of his church, which I took with the caveat that I could preach. And uh, so I was brought on as a worship pastor slash associate pastor. And I did that for about two years. But the uh, issue was that, you know, just like most places, when you're when you work for somebody, you you are a little stifled. Uh, there is a point where maybe you don't your your faiths don't diverge. They don't they don't they don't match anymore. And I thought at that point it was probably a smarter choice to back away before I created uh, some issues with my some of my heretical thinkings. Uh, so about and it's been about a year I guess now about a year ago I stepped out of church uh, completely with with the idea that I was going to open my own. Uh, and this last year has shown me that that's not really where I want to go. Um, I have other ideas. This is one of them. Uh, I started a podcast. I'm sorry. I started a blog post uh, to kind of get out what I'm the stuff I'm thinking. And uh, then that kind of merged into this podcast. So here we are. Amen. Amen. I like that. Go back into the. Let me let me clarify something though before we go on. When I when John talked to me um, um, about church and when i i had such a visceral reaction because um i knew why he left church in the first place and the fact of the matter was uh, those things hadn't changed you know what i mean like the 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 stuff that was there that drove him away from church and i don't know that it necessarily drove him away from faith or a belief in god john might tell you that he was an atheist i'm not so sure that he ever was a true atheist Seriously, and now my thing is making noise. I apologize, guys. <laughs> if we give you some space, if you want to edit that, but um, anyway, uh, the, those things. What what made me nervous was that those things that had driven John away and made him um, made the made the choice to leave the church. All those things still existed. It's not as though in the thirty years or whatever he'd been absent from it, suddenly the church had cleaned up its act and it wasn't participating in spiritual abuse and it wasn't still you know you know telling people not to ask so many questions and it still wasn't teaching things that both he and I thought were, you know, antithetical to what we think the message of Christ is. And so, um, my, my, my admonition was not, no, 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 never go to church. It was no, you, not, not right now. Like spend some time with you, um, get to know some things, get a solid foundation of what you really think and what you really believe so that when you do step back into church, you've got a good place to judge from and go, well, no, not this one. Like, I'm not going to fall back in line with this stuff. So is that, is, that, is that a fair assessment, John? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, some of the um, – and, and as we move forward in this podcast, I think you're going to find out that, I mean, as like-minded as my brother and I are, there's going to be some times where there's going to be a little bit, well, yeah, I see what you're saying, but um, – and that's, and that's kind of why I wanted to do this podcast the way that we are doing this. It's like uh, Nat – being a pastor in a church, still serving in that capacity, me being someone, and you know, granted, I, I don't want people to think that I did this for a long time. Like I'm like a 20 year pastor. Like I've been doing this for 20 plus years. You know, I did it for a couple of years. Um, I mean, back in the day, my brother and I did some ministry as, as youth, you know, youth ministry. Um, but, right. um, I don't want, I, I, I just want to clarify that. I don't, I don't want people to think that I'm like, I've been like, delved into this for a long time. And I'm like now this jaded person who finally broke free from the church. Uh, there is some of that. And, um, 
you know, and I have been accused of being kind of the church basher sometimes. And, uh, and I don't want to bash church, but I will call them out on their BS when I see it. And, uh, I think, I think what Nat is doing with his church is the exact way to do church. Um, anyone who's in the San Angelo area who has an opportunity to go to his church, I think should go to his church. Um, uh, that being said, the church has become a place that doesn't allow for questions, period, and definitely not hard questions. Um, and if you ask the hard questions right. like, um, is there really a God? Does this God really care about me? I mean, how can the God that we read in the Old Testament who does all this horrific stuff, and then you want me to believe that he also just flat out loves me, period, for just the, just whatever reason these are questions that it's like well it, it just is he just is that way his his ways are higher than right. our ways you know we get all those we get all those bs answers and uh <laughs> one of the reasons i think this podcast is what we're looking to do is that um i i, I was talking to nat a little bit ago you know as we we're preparing for this is like so i really feel that the name of the podcast this is not church is really twofold. It is it is a place where we can talk about what church does wrong, um, where they have failed, where they have come up lacking. But at the same time, we are not church. This this situation that we're doing right now, I don't consider church in the sense that we're not in four walls. We're not you know we're not doing the typical church thing. So it does free some people up to ask the hard questions. You know, we, uh, we have set up a, a private Facebook group that goes with it. And I, that's really, really what I want to have happen there too, is ask the questions that you're afraid to ask your pastor, ask the questions that made you leave the church. And we might not have the answers, but I'm hoping as a group, as we, you know, as we become, get to know each other and we talk that we, we can come up with some answers to help each other. Does that, does that make sense to you now? Yeah, absolutely. No. And I, I, what I see is an interesting opportunity for perspective, you know, to say, well, this is the perspective of somebody who is still um, firmly planted within the institution of church. Um, even if my church doesn't resemble a lot of other people's experience with church, um, on, you know, unlike the experiences that John has had, and I've had too with other churches in the past, um, from day one, um, we have endeavored to not just tolerate, but invite questions. I want questions. The first series I preached in our church was called Why? And we did six weeks of hard questions, right? Why even bother with church, right? Why come? Why pray? Why do the things that we do? There's all these things that we have questions about. And, fa- and, that, and a year later, fast forward a year later, we're doing a series um, on deconstruction. And so, I'm, and I'm asking a lot of tough questions. Um, first and foremost, um, for anybody, I think is the one that we wrestle with the most beyond, is there a God? Cause that's a faith question that is not, there's not an easy or good answer to, but once you've decided, yes, there is a God, what does that God look like? And so we're wrestling and we're struggling with what is the, how do we discern what the real nature of God is and, and separate it out from what we've been told God is by people with agendas, by people with their own ulterior motives you know, people who want to traffic in fear, um, who want to keep the sheep placated, either by promising them rewards or threatening heavy-duty punishments, then they don't fall in line. And so 
Um, I love questions and I love them. I love them. Sometimes I love them more than answers, you know, because what I keep telling my people is um, sometimes the best thing questions do for us, um, rather than provide us with answers, they sometimes just lead us to even better questions. And so what we have is this is this progression of, hey, I had a question, and in the pursuit of an answer to this question, I found I, was e- I wasn't even asking the right question. Okay, now I'm asking different questions and better questions, maybe more targeted questions. Um, and, and it gets down to the substance of the nature of, of our relationship with whatever we conceive God to be. And so I, I hope, I'm looking forward to speaking with some people who have really shifted my perspective on this quite a bit. We're going to talk to Brad Jersak. Um, who is probably, when I talk to people who are, I had a guy in my church yesterday who's been out of church for two years. Um, and the next time that I meet him, I'm going to put a Brad Jersak book in his hand. And I'm going to be like, hey, this guy will blow your mind in a way that is not overwhelming. It's not hyper academic, although he is every bit the academic and the scholar. Um, but he has a way of putting things um, that, 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 that eases you into some hard questions. So um, get to talk to Thomas Ord, who has, you know, some awesome views on on the sovereignty of God and and how that all works. So all of this is in an a, in an attempt to invite questions, and again, not just tolerate them and say, well, you know, no, we 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 want them, we welcome them. Have, let's let's have the hard discussions, right? Well, I find it really interesting that um, uh, the church has been very short sighted in this idea of questions. I mean, so we. I say we because, like I said, I you know I was in church. I still I still recognize that as as part of me. So we in the church uh, have we have we just forgotten the way that Jesus taught? I mean, how often did Jesus answer a question with a question and turn it back around right. on the people who are asking the question? And so uh, we know this about you know the Jewish faith in general that this is this is the way they this is the way they worked. Uh, they, you know, questions were always brought up questions that, uh, would in fact change their, their whole idea of God sometimes. And, uh, but we, as, uh, the Christian faith, I guess, uh, have felt that we need to separate ourselves from, uh, these other faiths, uh, specifically in this time, you know, like Judaism. And so I think that there's this idea that we have to separate from this idea of questions and question, you know, we've been raised with questions are bad questions cause division questions cause you to lose your faith to you know get onto the slippery slope i mean we've all we've heard all of the little cliches that um come with us questioning our place within the faith and um that's just um i don't i have no other way to say it but it's just bullshit and um we just we got to get past that and we got to be able to say no questions are good questions are what creates a stronger faith, a stronger connection to our God, a stronger connection to each other, a stronger connection to community, and a stronger connection to what at the base of all this is love, right? Um, we, we are called to love one right. another, not, not the few that we feel fit into our mold or into our puzzle, uh, but everybody. And that this all kind of meshes together into that, right? Right. Well, and the questions, you know, I, I had this conversation yesterday um, and I actually found this way into my sermon on Sunday because um, I was sitting around Facebook and I was watching, as I am wont to do. You know, Facebook is a just a giant time suck, right? So here I am with, I'm just, I'm just scrolling. You watch one video on Facebook and next to you know you're 
I'm watching eight or 10 videos and this one keeps popping up and there's this video of this knucklehead pastor. I, I should put quotes around that um, in Missouri. I think it was, I won't say his name or promote him, but, um, but he'd gone on this tirade for about three or four minutes. And that's how long the clip is about how um, uh, women are to blame for men who cheat on them because they're not pretty enough. And this is a so-called pastor talking about how, you know, listen, if you just lose some weight, you know, if you come into my office for marriage counseling, I'm going to tell you the first thing I'm going to tell you is maybe, you know, maybe you didn't lose, you didn't lose a few pounds and, um, wow. you know, maybe be more of a trophy wife and maybe you're, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm livid watching this, right? It's like, it's Kim's on the other side of the couch with me and she's, she's livid asking me why I'm still listening. I'm like, I can't look away. It's a train wreck. I don't even know why I'm still watching. But <laughs> as I process this whole thing, I'm like, um, here's my better question. Why are there people in that room listening to this knucklehead? Why, have, yeah. why haven't they all en masse just gotten up and left or at least stood up and asked him, like, are you out of your mind? Like, what do you think you're, what does this have to do with the gospel anyway? Why are you sitting there? Like, is there nothing more interesting in the Bible to talk about today than 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 how less attractive women force their men to cheat on them? Um, it's just so much baloney, and it's so indicative of the path that some of the modern church is on. And so, um, I think John and I would clarify from the from the outset that when we say the church, we say we mean the church writ large. Right, we're not just talking about my church, your church. We're talking about the body of Christ, and so when I critique anything, it's 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 I critique it from a, from a place of being inside of it. John's still inside of it too, even if he doesn't want to admit that. He might not be in an institutional, you know, actual brick and mortar <laughs> church, but he's still a member of the body of Christ, and so he's critiquing it from within as well had he converted and now he's critiquing it from outside going hey listen as a newly converted um rastafarian i find fault with the christian church well that's different right you like that i picked rastafarian john that's cool um i do, I do. but we critique those things from within because that's that's where we have familiarity and that's where i feel like i have um if I have any credibility whatsoever to question it, it's from within the system that I was born and raised in. And and so in that sense, there is a reformation that I think is ongoing, right? I mean, it didn't stop with Martin Luther. It, it, sure, it certainly shouldn't have. Um, I think the church should be in a constant state of reformation, um, a constant state of repentance where it's remembering and it's changing its mind about who God is and what our role in the world is. And hopefully we refine and get better. But sadly we get, we get stuck on these trajectories where um, churches and I put that, in, so that I would put in like small C church in quotes. And I would say churches um, get more concerned with building their own little kingdoms than they are with building the kingdom of God. And so that's where all of this stuff, I wrote down notes while John was talking about, churches and how they are hierarchical and how we're not meant to question because when you question um, sometimes you undermine someone's assumed authority and they can't have that right because suddenly your livelihood is in, is being threatened or suddenly you know your own sense of self is being questioned and so they set up these systems that insulate themselves from the outside world 
from criticism by telling the people inside the four walls, listen, I have the authority here. Don't question me on this. And that, that's what we're bucking against. Absolutely. I mean, I think you, you, you and I have a, um, a pretty good memory of some pastors in the past you know, that we have gone and seen or that we were part of members of the church. And then those pastors just disappearing, right? Um, because of something, some issue. And one of the issues that I, that I came some, up with. Some failure. I, yeah. And so we, as the church, um, have decided that there is this hierarchical, hierarchical, is that even a word, uh, system. And at the top is the pastor and the pastor can do no wrong. And uh, because the pastor can do no wrong, there is no reason to question his decisions or to call him to task when he does things that are inappropriate not okay but here's the problem and i've always thought this was an issue with it is that then on the other side of it the the pastor then builds himself up as that puts walls around himself doesn't feel that he can talk to anybody when he or she is struggling and then where do they go right they can't go anywhere they can't tell anybody that they have these issues that they have a problem that they have a mental illness Um, just fill in the blank with whatever they potentially could have. And at the end of it all, they fall apart. They collapse. They get caught in some kind of uh, lack of a better word, you know, say in like an infidelity, right? The situation, right? Where they had no way to no one to talk to, because if they were to talk to someone and bring that up, they're just gone. They're just gone. We can't say, hey, let's have a conversation right. about this and find out what's going on and why, you know, what, what, what are the issues in your life? And, uh, and unfortunately, that then trickles down into the congregation. Congregation can't talk about any of that. I can't talk about if I have mental illness problems. I can't talk about if I have if there's infidelity in my life. I can't talk about if I have a porn addiction. I can't talk about if I have a drug addiction. Those all all those things have to be hidden. And like John Lynch tells us, you know, has said right. that we put that all behind a mask, right? And we all walk around saying, I'm fine. I'm fine. When we're not fine, we're falling apart. And that's, that's the mask that we need to remove from church. We need to remove the mask that says it's, it's, it's okay. It's not okay. The mask says it's not okay to have these questions. Removing the mask says it is okay to have these questions and these concerns and these, and these misgivings. Right. Well, and I would say this then, um, if the church is to survive, and that's a big if. I mean, there's no there's no guarantee, right, um, that the church will survive. Um, if it's going to survive, um, the only way that it survives is in the light. The only way it survives is is when we foster an environment of transparency and honesty and openness with one another, um, and we get off of this train of trafficking in shame and guilt. And so suddenly, like John said, you know, we have. I've dealt with pastors my whole life, some of them close friends of mine, um, who when they struggled with things um, that somehow, you know, you know, not they, they whatever what, whatever line had been had been drawn in the sand in the church. These were all these were beyond the pale things. Right. I mean, you could have all kinds of sin in your life, but suddenly you have a sexual sin and it's it's a whole nother thing, man. Right. It's, it gets treated like a whole you can have a drug addiction. We'll deal with a drug addiction. We'll dr- we'll deal with this over here. Um, but God help you, you know, if you had an issue on the other side of that. 
And so there was no, um, there was no impetus for change because what do you have to gain? Everything to lose and nothing to gain by being honest and by being open and having even a close circle of friends that you can talk to and be transparent with. And John Lynch does a great job. We're going to have him on the podcast, hopefully too, right? And um, John's, you know, dealt with this issue as much the way that Paul Young did with the shack uh, in, in, in similar ways where we're like, listen, we got to stop living these double lives, you know, where we perform for people that we think expect things from us. And then we go and then we live our lives over here. Normally um, the, the performance thing will kill you. It'll literally just murder you. And so we have got to get off the treadmill of, of having to have this performative religion um, in our lives so I had a rooted out, take it out by the roots. So that's what we hope to accomplish. Is that make sense, John, that we can talk about things openly and honestly, get rid of the facade. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the overarching plan for this, for this podcast is exactly that. And um, we are going to be bringing on as, you know, I mean, as much as people will love listening to two middle-aged uh, straight white guys, um, I, I do hope to have people, you know, of all walks of life and all, of all, you know, in all positions and all, uh, I'm, I'm losing my thoughts here, but, um, yeah, we'll I mean, find we, want, it. we want, what's that? <laughs> I said, find it. <laughs> I'm looking, um, but you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's sad but necessary that we are going to have to be intentional um, to reach out to uh, people of color, to reach out to uh, women, to reach out to people who don't really fit the mold of the church. Right. Um, I say it's sad because, you know, I, I would think at this point that this shouldn't be an issue, but unfortunately it is. Um, so the church has done a, a piss poor job of reaching out to the marginalized, reaching out to um, the, like I said, people of color, to uh, reaching out to women, accepting women in leadership roles, um, reaching out to the LGBTQ plus community and um, offering them an olive branch and saying, hey, you know what? We're sorry for all the crap that we put you through, all the crap that we said about you. Um, and I could go on and on about different different communities that I believe the church has just absolutely failed. Um, yeah, and this isn't really a, this isn't really the episode to get deep into that kind of stuff. But that's the kind of stuff that we're going to talk about, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be tough, and we're going to have to reach out to the people who know this better than us. Because you know, when it comes to right. uh, women in ministry, I. I I have an outside perspective from me as a, as a white male, as what I think it felt like for them, but I don't know. I have no clue. Uh, when it comes to the LGBTQ community, uh, again, I have an outside perspective of what it, what the church did to them and how they feel about the church, but I, I can't, I can't in, in all honesty say that I understand it. So we have to reach out to these people and we got to give them a voice. We got to give them the soapbox. We got to give them a chance to talk. And uh, hopefully that's that's the direction that we're going to go. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. It's going to be some uncomfortable questions for us, hopefully. Um, and I, I feel that that's important and necessary. I mean, I, I don't know what Nat thinks about it exactly. Um, some of the stuff I like kind of dropping on him. But uh, 
Um, I think I think we're in agreement on most of this stuff. No, and again, I'm in. that's I, th- I think part of this that's going to be really cool is I don't think that Nat and I are always going to agree. Um, I, and I hope that that comes across. Yes, we will. There's times where. <laughs> uh, Come on, that was a disagreement. That was funny. <laughs> Maybe we'll disagree to agree. But anyway, you don't know. Um, we are as we as we wind down. We got uh, like I, I I told Nat I didn't think this this podcast was going to be too long, but we're actually hitting hitting a little bit longer than I even thought it would be. Um, I really encourage everyone to reach out to us through a Facebook group. Uh, we will put uh, links and notes uh, to the podcast to our Facebook group that you can ask to join. Um, there's a, a website that's kind of in it in its infancy, but we'll be uh, we'll be adding more and more stuff as we go along. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, all the social media. I think we got we got Instagram, we got Twitter, we got Facebook, got a website. We're rolling. Look at that. Snapchat. Uh, yeah, Snapchat? Snapchat yet. I'm not, no, I'm not very good at that one. No, wait, that was Snapchat. TikTok. And yeah, probably won't be a TikTok, but you never know. You never know. All right. Podcast in less yeah. than a minute. Let's I'm, do that. I'm not sure this is something anyone wants to see. There we go. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, All right. that's it for our first podcast. Um, I think coming up our first week, we got our good friend, uh, Jason Elam, who will be joining us for our our second episode Woo-hoo! of the podcast. Um for those who don't know him, um, it'll be it'll be a treat. And those who do know him know uh, what a great human being he is, and can't wait to talk to him. And then I think Nat uh, hinted at some of the people we got coming up. Uh, we got Brad Jersack, uh, Thomas Ord, um, a good friend of mine, Todd Vick. Uh, we're, we're talking to some other people. Um, um, Refresh my memory. I'm, I'm missing some people that we got coming up. I know that Keith Giles has said yes. Carl Borg. Did you reach out to yes. Michelle? I have not reached out to Michelle. Uh, that's another one I need to talk to. Um, um, but again, uh, if you got something to say, reach out to us. It doesn't, you know, we we, we doesn't have to be us looking for people. Uh, suggestions. Just happy having people. Uh, oh yeah, if you have suggestions of people you'd like to hear, just you know, shoot us a shoot us a message, and we will definitely look into that. Um, so any final words, Nat? I need coffee. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I got my, oh, there you go. Oh, you're out. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> I got it. so again, uh, All right. uh, oh, that's yeah. But uh, your mug is still way cooler than mine though. So, oh, sorry. Um, that's product placement. <laughs> that is it for now. And, uh, until next week, thank you everybody for joining us and, uh, enjoy your, enjoy your week. All right. Bye now. Peace. (laughs) Deuces.